morning. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, um, we are so thankful, Lord, for this incredible opportunity, God, that you've opened up this weekend. Um, God, for so many ladies in our church to be a part of this women's retreat at Cedar Springs. And uh, Lord, we know that, God, you have some big things in store. God, we know that, Lord, uh, Lord, as, as much as there's been just a great team putting this together, Lord, it's, it's ultimately, God, it's you who is bringing these ladies together because you want to meet them there in a powerful way. And so, Lord, I ask that, God, this week you would, you would continue to prepare all the hearts of each one of the ladies that's going to be there. God, I pray that all the, the, the last-minute details that need to come together would come together really well. Um, I pray that, God, nothing will get in the way. There'd be no distractions, but that, Jesus, there would just be, um, God, an open door, God, for you to come in and do what you want to do. And, Lord, may it be not just the weekend, Jesus, of encountering you and, and meeting you in some special ways, but, Lord, I pray that, that new friendships would form, um, God, that friendships would be deepened, that, God, there would just be a level of connection, God, with, with all these, these ladies that, Lord, they just know that there are others that are um, walking this, this walk um, with them and that are in their corner, that are for them, that are praying for them, and that they would just all feel so supported. So, God, let this be a time of healing. Let it be a time of freedom. Let it be a time of empowerment. Let it be a time, Jesus, where... Um, you have your way in each one of those ladies' lives. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. So keep praying, not just, this, uh, not just today, but keep praying this week. Um, next week would be awesome if you could be praying too. Um, the retreat goes from Friday uh, night right till Sunday uh, afternoon. And so, um, um, yeah, so just keep that whole time. Cover, cover it in prayer. That, that would be super awesome. Very cool. Okay, I'm not a big fan of goodbyes. Um, most goodbyes, actually, and I'm not saying goodbye. Just, just put that out there right away. <laughs> There's been way too many goodbyes this last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh, everybody's going to be going, oh, Rich is leaving. No, that's not what's going on. <laughs> but, but I'm not a big fan of goodbyes, and um, um, there, there, there are some goodbyes that I am a big fan of. You know, you have that awkward conversation in the store with someone that it's just the awkward, and you're just like, I can't wait for this conversation to be over, or whatever, um, and say goodbye. <laughs> yes, pastors have that too, okay? Pastors have that too. Um, but but um, there are uh, most goodbyes I'm not a big fan of, and there's different kinds of goodbyes, right? Like there's the goodbye where you have, on Friday night, we had my, my uh, niece and her husband stop in just to kind of, they're heading up to Canada, and we're down in Reading for college, and just stop in for a quick goodbye, and uh, it's really fast. And as, as much as the goodbye kind of stinks, and you wish they could stay longer, it's, you're, you're not super connected to them in that moment. It's not a, like a long, drawn-out time together. But there's the, the, there are the goodbyes, though, where you've just been connected to someone um, for a long period of time, and then they say goodbye, and it's always really hard. When I left my family, um, if you just bring me down, I feel like I'm super hot. Um, but if you, uh, like the mic, the mic is... Wow, I'm like getting myself into trouble this morning. <laughs> that is sound man talk for the mic is really loud, okay? <laughs> Should I just stop now? I mean, this is, okay. But, <laughs> but when, I, when I left my house and my family for the first time as a young adult, I, I mean, I bawled like a baby because there's that goodbye, that breaking of this connection that you've had for so long. And this last year, of course, as a church, we've had this over and over and over again. 
And uh, um, just most recently, of course, with Kim and Howie, and there was this, I mean, they've been a part of our, our, our church family for 12 years. And there's really, I mean, there's, and there's always two parts to the goodbye, right? There's the, there's the actual goodbye. We're pulling away, driving off into the sunset. Um, actually, uh, fun fact here, you you, most of you don't know, when they left, um, Howie and Kim actually, it's not there anymore, but Howie left a, his 49ers hoodie and his 49ers hat and Kim's sweater draped over a chair in the back there, like, like, can you rub it in even more? I mean, just like, gosh, you think the goodbye is kind of done, but it's, no, it's neither goodbye, but anyways, that's another thing, but I remember when they first, when they first told us, so there's the goodbye of them leaving, but there's also the goodbye part where they let you know, and uh, for, of course, for Kim and Howie, there was like two different goodbyes, there was the, the most recent one, but then there was the goodbye back in August, and where they pulled, and, and so Becky and I had just had this crazy summer, like a lot of you, where just lots of goodbyes with people in our church, leaving for whatever reason, leaving town, all that kind of stuff. So we thought they just wanted to go hang out for dinner at Chihuahuas, and uh, maybe check in, see how we were dealing with all these goodbyes, and sure enough, they dropped the bomb, just like we're planning on leaving. And it's just like this, this massive gut punch um, in the moment that was not very pleasant. But goodbyes are not a lot of fun. And in John chapter 14 to 16 in the Bible, we have Jesus coming along and letting his disciples know that a goodbye is coming. This isn't the goodbye, but this is Jesus kind of letting them know, like, uh, like just explain the howlings that Becky and I know, that a goodbye was going to be coming in the near future. And what's happening here in this, this scripture verse is Jesus and the 12 disciples, this famous scene, they're all in the upper room. It's a night that's filled with... with uh, with really just a roller coaster of emotions. Because on one hand, they are all really excited. Jesus has just had the triumphant entry. He's coming to Jerusalem. They're anticipating that, that this is it. He's going to set up his kingdom on earth. It's going to be like palaces and armies just taking care of all the Romans who are, who are oppressing the, 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 the Israelites. And it's, so it's celebration. It's Passover, all this stuff. There's hope. But then as they're, they're hanging out in the upper room with Jesus things kind of take a bit of a turn. And, and Jesus does some very unexpected things. Not too long after they started to eat, Jesus takes off his outer robe, the Bible says, and he, he grabs a, a basin of water and a towel, wraps around his waist, and he starts to wipe, wipe and wash his disciples, disciples' feet. This task that is typically a, a job for the lowliest of, of servants. And then a little later on, he makes this shocking announcement that they would never have been anticipating in a thousand years. As they're all sitting there around the table, he says, one of you is going to betray me. Then he dips that bread in the, the, the wine and he gives it to Judas as a sign that it's going to be Judas who, who betrays him. And you can kind of see the, the mood in the room is probably shifting quite a bit. And where it maybe started off with celebration and joy and excitement and hope, it's kind of going, okay, this, is, this just feels a lot different all of a sudden. And, and I imagine that a heaviness begins to settle over the room. And then, of all the surprises that night, at that last supper, Jesus drops the biggest one of all. He looks around the room, and he says to them all, I will be with you only a little longer. You'll search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. And, and we know this was very difficult news for the disciples to hear, because one of the very next things that Jesus says to them is he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And that word troubled is actually, it carries a lot of weight. It's, it's a, the, a word in the original language that just 
just, um, it, 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 it's, it's really saying that there was like, they were deeply disturbed in their, their souls over this news that Jesus had given them. It, it would be like any, any kind of relationship that you've had with someone for a long, long period of time, and you've been with them, and then all of a sudden they say to you, hey, we're, we're, it's going to be goodbye here pretty soon. That's what they're feeling down deep in their, their gut. And then he takes the rest of their time together, that, that last week before he went to the cross, to prepare them for life in his physical absence. And we're going to be picking it up in John chapter 14, verse 15, where Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And just a very quick side note, if you want a tangible way to measure your just your level of love, like, you know, how much do I really love Jesus? A very tangible way to measure that is to look at your level of, of obedience. And, 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 and here's the thing. Where there's, where there's love, there's trust. And love and trust, go, they go hand in hand. And where there's high trust, there's high obedience. And not just high obedience, but high joyful obedience. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And then he goes on saying, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Now, some translations of the Bible, rather than use the word advocate, they use the word helper. Um, the word, though, in the original language of the Bible is probably best translated with the phrase, someone to stand by you. Someone to stand by you. So it's like Jesus is saying to them, I'm going to give you another person to stand by you, another advocate, another, another helper. And as the, the disciples are in that moment of, you know, all the emotion of that moment, hearing that he's leaving and now going, okay, now he's talking about another that's going to come, an advocate, someone that's going to stand by us, going, okay, who's, who's this going to be? Jesus informs them of who it's going to be. He says in verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've, of what I've told you. But, but catch, you got to catch this part. But in fact, he says to all of his disciples, to catch this. There's grief, there's sorrow, there's mourning, there's that gut punch because they've just found out that he's leaving. And he goes on to say, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And what Jesus is saying here is actually staggering. He says, I'm leaving, there's going to be a goodbye, and this is a really good thing. It's best because you have the Holy Spirit who is, is with you, and, and it's actually going to be better for you to have this advocate, this helper, the Holy Spirit with you than it would be to have me physically with you in person. Staggering things that Jesus says. Um, a while back, actually several years ago, I was, I was talking to another pastor, a pastor friend of, of mine, and, and just we were having a conversation. And in our conversation, it somehow came out that... A member of my extended family went to his church. And you know how you're, you're having a conversation with somebody and, and it, you discover that you guys, you have some kind of mutual connection with them. In that moment, you're kind of all excited because you're like, oh, that's awesome that we know the same person. And I just, in my excitement that we knew the same person, that he knew someone that was part of my family, um, I just started to, 
explain to him why they were there and how they got there and, and tell him a little bit of the, the, just the story of, of who they were and how, 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 how the connection was. And at some point, I'm pretty sure one of us probably made the comment like you always do in those, those comments. What's the thing you always say? It's a small world or something like that. And, but then after my initial excitement had died down a little, um, this pastor friend of mine paused and a smirk came across his face. And he's like, yeah, Rich, I don't know if I'd be telling a whole lot of people that I'm connected to that person. <laughs> and, this, uh, and the reason he said that you're just getting a whole different view of pastors this morning. It's like, if, if you have us on a pedestal, I'm just like knocking that pedestal right out today. But most families, you know, have that one member of the family, right, that's just kind of out there. We call them the black sheep of the family, the crazy aunt, the crazy uncle. You know, how many in the room are the crazy aunt and the crazy uncle, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's here for the crazy aunts and the crazy uncles. But we have that family member who you don't really want to go around telling people about necessarily. You, you, don't, want to, you want, don't want people to know there's a connection. Don't want them to know that you've got the same last name. Um, and, and when people do make the connection, you just kind of maybe roll your eyebrows and you're like, oh, I have, you have no idea or whatever. And sometimes when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we can be like this a little bit in the church, can't we? We treat him like he's, the, he's that, other, that other member of the Trinity. He's like the black sheep of the Trinity. He's that member of the Trinity that, that's connected to all that crazy stuff that happens in the church. You know, people swinging from chandeliers and people rolling down aisles and speaking in strange tongues, all that kind of stuff. And so we kind of keep the Holy Spirit at a bit of an arm's length. We downplay that, that we're connected somehow. Or we think, okay, I understand the father part of the Trinity. I understand the son part. You know, I can relate to them because fathers and sons, well, we, those are pretty common in the world. But a Holy Spirit, some versions of the Bible actually say Holy Ghost. I don't even know if I believe in ghosts. And yet, there he is again all throughout the Bible, this Holy Ghost, this Spirit that's supposed to be all around me. You know, I thought we were, Rich, I thought we were in the 21st century. I thought we'd, we'd been enlightened by this point, and we don't believe in that kind of stuff anymore. You know, the thought of a, a ghost or a spirit, maybe kind of creeps you out a little bit, makes you feel a little nervous, a little exposed, a little vulnerable. And, and so what we tend to do a lot of the times in the church with the Holy Spirit is we kind of treat him like that crazy aunt, that crazy uncle, like grandpa tucked away in the attic. You know, we let him out for Thanksgiving or for some holidays, but for the most part, we're like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll just take kind of an out-of-sight, out-of-mind approach with the third person of the Trinity. But here's the thing. Taking this approach regarding the Holy Spirit would be a big mistake. Because you will end up distancing yourself from one of the most incredible gifts that you could ever be given. The, the one who Jesus says, G, I mean, Jesus says... It is better for you that I go so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. Stagger. Can you imagine, you know, especially maybe some of you that are into the cars and stuff, if I was to come up to you and I was to say, hey, um, I just happened, to, uh, just happened to win the lottery. Don't tell anybody because pastors don't play lottery tickets, but I just happened, happened to win the lottery, the mega lottery, and I want to give you a brand new Lamborghini. Like we're talking 2021 Lamborghini, 6.5 liter, 729 horsepower. I mean, it's going to, it's like a half a million dollar car, but I'm going to give you a brand new Lamborghini. And you're like, no, Rich. 
uh, I could never do that. I, I don't know about that kind of power. You know, I've just never been around a Lamborghini like that. I've heard that people have driven those things, and the power just gets away from them, and it just it, it crashes really quick, easy. I don't even like that color of that car you're going to give me. I'd, no, Rich, I, I'd rather not have the, the Lamborghini. That's, that's okay. If you did that, you'd be crazy, right? Straight up crazy. Turning down this incredible gift because you don't fully understand it or because it's power or because of how people maybe have mishandled it in the past. And yet, we do this all the time when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And as Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples, preparing them for, for life with him being physically absent, he has something far better than a brand new Lamborghini to give them. He says, when I go away, I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you someone who's going to be with you and walk beside you, the Holy Spirit. And, and just in case they had any questions about how good this gift was going to be, he makes that astounding statement, it is best for you that I go away. It's best for you that I go away. Now, why would Jesus say that? It's simply because he knows just how incredible of a gift the Holy Spirit is. And maybe you're wondering, okay, well, what makes the Holy Spirit so amazing? You know, it's so confusing. Like, who is the Holy Spirit? I can't even see him. I, I, don't, I don't even know that he's real. How, how do I even, what, what makes the Holy Spirit so amazing? Why would Jesus say, it's better for you that I leave so I can send you the Holy Spirit? Why would he say that? Well, let me just give you a few things this morning that make him so amazing. And some things to understand about him that, that might help you see why Jesus might say, the Holy Spirit, it's actually better for you that I leave so I can send the Holy Spirit. Um, something that you need to know about him is this. One, he's a person. He's a person. Huge misunderstanding around the Holy Spirit when it comes to this one right here, because a lot of people have this idea that he's a vapor, or that he's that feeling you get when your favorite worship song comes on, or that he's some kind of impersonal influence. Or you, you kind of go to, like, Star Wars, and he's like the force, like some kind of Jedi force just out there. Or, or that he's, he's an it. He's not, he's not a person. He, he's an it. But, but he's a person. He has the same ability to interact with you as I have to in interact with you standing up here on this stage. The same kind of ability. He has a voice that can be heard. He has emotions. He has a mind. And in fact, if you just read through the book of Acts alone, you, you can see all through the book of Acts the personhood of the Holy Spirit. Let me just give you a, a few ways that we see this in the book of Acts. He speaks. He can be lied to. He can be tested. He can be resisted. He gives orders and directions. He sins. He thinks. He forbids. He appoints. And then in other places of the Bible, it talks about how he can be grieved, how he knows joy, about how he has a specific purpose. He has his own distinct role within the Trinity. He's a person. He's a person. I had a friend way back in the day that, that kind of took this, this uh, just, just to kind of help him remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. He had this kind of little quirky thing that he would do. He actually would never call the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. Instead, he would, whenever he was talking about the Holy Spirit, he would say Holy Spirit. He wouldn't put a the in the front because he, his, his reasoning behind that is, Rich, I would never call you the Rich. I would never call you the Becky or the Leah. And so he would just call the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, to help remember that the Holy Spirit is, is a person. Now, whether you call him the Holy Spirit or simply call him Holy Spirit, it's really neither here nor there because, I mean, the Bible calls him the Holy Spirit, so that's good enough for me. But the point is, he's a person. 
He's a person. And this is so important to know because as long as you're okay with him simply being an it, as long as you're simply okay with him being a vapor out there or some kind of misty, mysterious whatever, as long as you're okay with that, you will keep him at a distance. But as soon as you start seeing him as a person, you have to decide how you're going to respond to him. You have to decide how you're going to respond to him. And we talk a lot about how, 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 how are you going to respond to Jesus? But you also need to understand, it's important to, when, you, when you understand that the Holy Spirit as a person, that means, okay, how, how are you going to respond to him? How are you going to respond to him? Ignore him? Doubt him? Keep him up there in the attic? Or will you invite him to fill you and move you and speak to you and transform you and have his way in your life? So first thing is this, he's a, he's a person. Second thing is he's God. There's, there's a great mystery to how the Trinity works. Um, the Trinity is, is the, 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 the belief, the doctrine that we have as a church that, that God exists, is one in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And there's all kinds of mystery around that that we're not going to unpack this morning. But, but for now, just understand that the Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father is, just as much God as the Son is. He's not less than. He's not more than. He's equal. However, he is the least prominent of the three persons of the Godhead. And, and, and we, but we, we do see him in the New Testament. He takes this kind of more active, active role in, in the New Testament. And there's a reason for that. I was at a pastor's camp here uh, a long time ago. But I remember one specific moment of this camp very, very well because it was just strange. And at this camp, um, the guy that was kind of the, the speaker... Uh, actually the, kind of the leader of the camp We just had a worship service Just like we just finished having We were singing these Had sing, sung these songs And the last song that we sang Was something to do with the Holy Spirit I can't remember what it was But at the very end of the, the worship service The pastor got up there He talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit And then he said Okay we're going to at this time We're going to worship the Holy Spirit And he said uh, Let's just take a moment to do that The Holy Spirit is God And so I was kind of in that moment though Like that seems a little, something seems a little strange there. But what he said made a lot of sense because, yes, the Holy Spirit is God, but it was just strange. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where someone says, Let's, we're all going to worship the Holy Spirit right now, but I had never been in that situation, because, and it was just weird. And the reason, though, that it was a little bit off was, was actually discernment taking place because, and, and here's why that it was a little bit off, is because the passion of the Holy Spirit isn't himself the passion of the holy spirit is seeing the name of jesus lifted high and and he plays this kind of support role in the trinity where his role as this this author dale bruner put it his role is to constantly turn the spotlight off of himself and shine it on jesus the passion of the holy spirit is to make jesus the center of our lives and any move or any working of the Holy Spirit that does not end in the name of Jesus being lifted high is probably not a move of the Holy Spirit. Jesus put it like this. He said, he will glorify me. I mean, it doesn't get any more clear than that. Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. 
the Holy Spirit is not less than Jesus, less than the Father, not more than. He is equal, but he plays this role within the, the, the Trinity. It's this beautiful thing where he's not about hogging the spotlight. He's, he's about taking that spotlight and shining it onto the person of Jesus, shining it onto the gospel, shining it onto the cross, shining it onto the work that Jesus has done and is doing in our lives. So he's a person, he's God, and he's another like Jesus. Jesus said it like this. He said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, what's he saying when he says another? What, is he, what does he mean by that? Well, what he's saying here is that the Holy Spirit is like him. When you get the Holy Spirit, you're getting Jesus, which is why he goes on to tell the disciples, you know him because he lives with you now, John 14, 16. And what Jesus is wanting them to see and what he wants you and I to see today is that the Holy Spirit is one with Jesus. When you know Jesus, you know the Holy Spirit. I love how, how, how Bible scholar Daryl Johnson, he puts it like this. He says, the Holy Spirit is stamped with the very personality of Jesus. When the Holy Spirit comes, we do not meet a stranger. Instead, we meet the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus when he walked this earth. They are one and the same, which is, is one of the reasons that throughout the rest of the New Testament, the presence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus are often spoken of within, in the same breath. One and the same. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, capital Spirit, capital S, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Talk about the Holy Spirit here. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So you see how they're kind of used interchangeably here. They're one and the same. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get Jesus. And yeah, is there mystery around this? Absolutely, there's a ton of mystery around it. There's, there's a ton of faith and trust that's required of us. But he is a person, he is God, and he is another just like Jesus. And then lastly is this. He lives in us and is with us always. And this is actually what makes the Holy Spirit's presence with us even better than if Jesus himself physically was here with us right now. You see, when Jesus w was walking the earth, he, he was always limited um, by geography and time. So if Jesus was in a city, like say maybe the city of Capernaum, and he had some disciples that maybe were in Jerusalem, he, he wasn't with them at the same time because he, was, he, he, was, he, he chose to limit himself in his humanity. And, and he couldn't be with them both at the same time. But in the Holy Spirit, the reality of Jesus, Emmanuel, we talk about at Christmas time all the time, that he's Emmanuel, God with us. The reality of that is, is, is fully and completely realized in the Holy Spirit. Every part of it. It's why Jesus, during the Last Supper, he would say to his disciples, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you, he says. It's why in his last words before ascending into heaven, he, he says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us because when we get the Holy Spirit, we get Jesus. And understanding who he is and what he is for you will lead you to two places, which we'll get into more over the next few weeks. One, it's going to lead you to a place of more dependence on him because you go, okay, I, I have... The, the Holy Spirit with me, why would I try to live life without Him? Why would I try to, 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 
to, to, to face the battles that I'm facing? Why would I try to, to, to do the jobs that he's asking me to do? Why would I try to be a dad or a mom or, or, or this or that, whatever role he, why would I try to do that without the Holy Spirit? Well, you know that you have the Holy Spirit not only with you, but living in you, it will lead to this greater dependence on him. And the other thing that it will lead to is more boldness. More boldness. Because you have the Spirit of God himself living in you. Think about what that means. The Spirit of God himself living inside of you. And he's there for you to draw on in all of his fullness. He's like a fountain. He's like a well. He's like a, a river that's inside of you that you can draw on all the time. You know, many, many times people don't go to the Holy Spirit because they just don't understand who he is or how he works. Um, my kids, not so much anymore, but for a while there, they were really big in this game, Fortnite. And, and uh, I got on there a couple times and was playing this game and not very good at it and didn't play it very long because I just didn't like losing. But one of the things about this game is that as, as you start to lose your, your, your power because the enemy is taking you out, you, can, you have these little, like, I don't even know what they're called, but they're like little energy power-ups. What's the technical name for those students? Power-up? Okay, let's go. Yeah, power-up. But you have these little power-ups. And you have the little bar there that shows when your, your power is getting lower and lower and lower and lower and you can just keep letting it get lower or you can go to your little your little your little whatever it's thingamajigger thingy <laughs> in Fortnite that has the different weapons and it has the different whatever pow power-ups you can go there and get your power up and fill it up and it takes your power all the way up to the top a lot of people when it comes to life a lot of Christians are, they, they've got the Holy Spirit there and the power is going down as the enemy is taking them out and they don't realize that all they got to do is access the power up. All they got to do is access the Holy Spirit in their lives and he will come and walk alongside them. And when you, when you understand who he is and what he is for you, it, it leads to more dependence, it leads to more boldness, it leads to you, just, you, you drawing from him, going to him. God is available to you 24-7. 24-7 through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is available to you 24-7 through the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. Let that just sink in for a second. He is available to you 24-7. 24-7. It doesn't matter if you're living a, just maybe you're in a great place in life and you just feel like, things are trucking along and you're just living the way that you you were created to live and designed to live or it doesn't matter if you're like just going completely off the rails you maybe just completely turned your back on god 24 7 he is available to you it's such good news and as we wrap up this morning what i want to do is i want to lead you in a prayer and then we're actually not going to really have a much uh, like a moment this morning uh, but what, what I want to ask you to do is, is I want you to respond this morning and then this week, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, I want you to get alone, just you and the Holy Spirit, and respond to him somehow. Maybe that response is going to be, I've pushed you aside. I've always thought you're like the crazy uncle, the crazy aunt, and I 
just sort of put you over there and, and maybe there's some repentance that needs to happen. Maybe this morning as you're just, you're, you're, you're getting a clear picture of, picture of who he is, maybe you're realizing for the first time that he is a person that you've just kept at arm's length intentionally and, and maybe there's just some repentance and confession. It doesn't have to be this complicated thing. It's just, Lord, I've put you aside and, and I, I want to change that. Maybe the response for you is you're going through something right now that's just, you're, you're trying to carry a burden, a weight, a, a battle. And we've been talking about battles for the last two months and, and you've got the, the, the bar, the, the power bar is like, it's right down. It's like in the red. It's like flashing there. But you've got a whole bunch of little power-up vials over here. Well, one in the Holy Spirit. And your response is, Lord, I, I've just been trying to do this on my own, and, and I, don't, I don't even know what it's going to look like to bring you in, but Holy Spirit, I, I am no longer going to fight this on my own. I'm no longer going to try to go through life on my own. I need you. And it's a simple asking of him to come and fill you up. To fill you up. The, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, be filled with the Spirit. And that be filled is, is not a be filled one time. It's be filled like your vehicle is going to be filled with fuel sometime this week. But it's going to be filled again and again and again and again. And the Bible says be filled with the Spirit. And so your response this week to the Holy Spirit, maybe it's going to be come and fill me. Come and fill me up. It's, it's down the, the, the power is down in the red It's down in the yellow Lord come and fill me up but, I, but he is asking you today He's asking you going Okay how will you respond to me How you respond to me Would you pray with me Heavenly Father we're so thankful We're so thankful for the Holy Spirit Lord I thank you that when you You walked this earth And did all that you did and you were there with your disciples and they just got so close so tight with you God it would it would have been so tough when you announced to them that that you were leaving but I thank you that your word says you did not you did not leave them as orphans but you you promised them I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you I'm gonna be with you always to the very end of the age and then Lord as they were waiting there in that 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 room, 120 of them, God, in the book of Acts, Lord, you did come. You did come in the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm so thankful that today, Lord, when we put our faith and trust in you, you come, you make your home in us, you change us, you take what was old, what was, what was under the curse, you make it brand new, you, you, you change us from, from being this old, dead person to being someone who is alive in Christ. It's this incredible moment that happens out of salvation but God it doesn't stop there it just gets started there then you come and you make your your home in us to lead us and to guide us and to walk with us to be that someone who is always with us our advocate our helper and Lord I I just want to pray Jesus that God for all of us here God in this room God for those that are watching online God who maybe have kept you at an arm's length Holy Spirit they've just sort of pushed you away and maybe it's just because they haven't really understood who you are maybe it's because there's been some fear 
maybe because they've, they've, they've just associated you with, with some spiritual abuse that maybe has happened in the past. God, I don't know what the reason is, but, but there's, there's some who have just kept you at an, at an arm's length. Father, I pray that, Lord, today would be a turning point for, for them, God, for us as a church, Lord, where we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you into our hearts. We welcome you to speak. We welcome you to move. We welcome your power. We welcome you not just individually, but God, we welcome you in our church to come and have your way. God, we've just finished reading the book of Acts as a church, and we just see, God, they're just supernatural all over that book. Why? Because your spirit came to work and to move and to lift high the name of Jesus. God, may we be a church, Lord, that God reflects the the, 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 not, not just the, the, the image of the Son. God, may we be a church, Lord, that reflects the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the goodness of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the life that the Holy Spirit comes to bring. And Lord, I just want to pray, Jesus, as we wrap things up this morning, God, I just want to pray a special prayer, Lord, on God, on the, on the moms. And I just pray, Jesus, that today they would, God, more than anything else, God, I pray that they would just know that their Father in heaven is so pleased with them. God, maybe they have no family, God, who's, who's going to be around them today. Maybe there's, there's, there's just an emptiness there. But God, I pray that today you would just let them know how pleased you are with each one of them. God, we love you so much. We love you so much. Be blessed. Be honored. Go before us this week. We pray in your name.